Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon is entitled today, something different than what's in the bulletin, and it is entitled, The Lord's House. It is based on the epistle reading from Hebrews, the third chapter, and it is read as follows. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. This serves as the basis for this day's meditation. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, now over the last few weeks, We've talked about following God. We talked about listening to His Word and doing what it says. We've talked about building the church and weeding out, as it were, the adultery and unclean things that have crept into this church. We talk about how much evil and sin there is in the world and how dependent we are in God's grace. We've also talked about how much more God's mercy abounds, especially in the lives of those who are His. God's house needs rebuilding. So the question I have for all of us today is, so where do we start? You see, looking at our text for today, we find the answer to our opposing question. How can I rebuild the church? Now, if you think about it, that's a loaded question because everything hinges upon the work of the Holy Spirit. But as we go through and we look at the text from our epistle reading, Hebrews, the third chapter, the answer that we come across, it may surprise you. But nonetheless, if you will, Take it a moment or two and consider your own house for a moment. How many rooms does it have? Does it have five or ten or maybe fifteen? Maybe it's on the larger side where you have twenty or twenty-five or even more. Does it have a foyer, a kitchen, a living room? What about a bathroom, a sunroom? How many bedrooms does it have? Maybe your own house has more than one of these kinds of rooms. Maybe you have a den or a porch or a library. Maybe you have a sewing room, a craft room, or maybe even an office. Now let's consider your house in greater detail as it were. In your kitchen, are there built-in appliances? Does it have cabinets and shelves? Does it have a stove and refrigerator or dishwasher? What about your living room? Does it have adequate space for people to gather? Does it have an entertainment center? A built-in theater? A big screen TV? What about a fireplace? Does your bathroom have a shower, a whirlpool tub, or a double sink vanity with mirrors? Does your house have a game room? How about a wine room? How about a hidden or secret room? 
What about the rest of your home? Are there enough electrical outlets? Are there enough lights and windows in it? Is the carpet and title just right? What about the decor? The pictures, the woodwork, the furniture. Does your home, your house, have a hot tub, a jacuzzi, or a sauna? Or maybe an exercise room? Now you might be wondering, Pastor, what is with all of these questions? And it's simply to show you that your house is a system of pieces working together to function together. In order for those pieces to work in coordination in which they were planned and constructed to fit together. Whether your home is simple or extravagant, it functions for a purpose. Just as it was designed to do. My friends, the church is no different. A home or a house describes and reflects the person who dwells in it. You see, any builder, like any creative person, has their own way of doing things, their own style or signature touch, so that anyone looking closely enough could distinguish the builder's work from one another. In our epistle reading for today, the author to the letter to the Hebrews, he raises an all-important question, something that we have to ask ourselves. Who in their right mind would give the finished product more glory than the builder? What about you? A home, a house. It's designed and constructed for its master to live and to dwell. The house or home in our epistle reading certainly isn't talking about a materialistic home. In fact, the text is talking about a home or a house that is located right here in your hearts. A place where the Lord wants to live and wants to dwell within. As you may know, you look across the world. You see that there is a problem with the world. And the problem is the world loves sin. We are no different. We like to give ourselves a pat on the back for all the good things that we have done or what have happened. We want to take credit for success, if you will. The things that are good in life. But we don't want to associate with each other the things when things go bad. But you see, from our text for today. We discover that isn't right. That isn't how God the Almighty wants us to live our lives. To give glory to everything and everyone else is totally wrong. God doesn't want it that way. That's not how the house was designed. He is deserving of more glory and honor than anything else or any person on this earth. You see, you and I, we can't give glory to ourselves for the achievements that we make in this life. Our lives are not our own. We belong to the builder, the designer, the creator of all things. 
But here's the point that needs to be stressed. Rebuilding the church starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us by having Jesus taking possession of our hearts. Rebuilding the church begins with Christ transfiguring our hearts, instilling in it an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of servitudes. God desires glory, all glory, for he is indeed the creator and builder of all things. If you truly think about it, our life, as it were, is like our house. We are created in Jesus Christ to do good things. We are baptized into Christ. We have been given the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And God has paved the way for the one who is coming, the one who would deliver us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. But this cannot happen without a burdened heart towards God. Each other, that is, or even his church. Jesus is to be counted worthy. Worthy of more glory than anything else one would have in this world. You see, here's the thing. Jesus came into the world for one purpose. To live and to dwell within your hearts. To free you from the bondage of sin, death, and the devil. He came as your maker to make you pleasing to him once again. As God's Son shown through the events of this Transfiguration Sunday, Jesus went from that mount to the Mount of Calvary, carrying what would be called the cross, the instrument upon which your sin and my sin would ever be blotted out. Christ is faithful over God's house. You see, the beauty of it is our Lord Jesus Christ took our sin to that cross. And there he died, there taking our punishments. This is why we give God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, for he is our builder and our maker. He is the one who built everything. And you and I, we are his house, a place where he dwells. My dear friends in Christ, let Jesus live and let him dwell in your hearts. Don't fight it. Let him create in you a clean heart. Let him decorate his house, which is your heart, the way in which he wants to so that he may live and dwell in you forever. Simply put, love one another. Live together. Do so as Christ has loved us. Let him take possession of your hearts and your mind, so that you and I can begin to go about his work, rebuilding the church, without dissension, without barriers. The church does need rebuilding. So by the grace of God, may we begin this monumental task by submitting ourselves first and foremost to the Lord, 
praying for his will to be done and giving glory to the one who deserves it the most. And that, my friends, is Christ, our Savior. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, enable you to invite and to welcome Jesus into your hearts so that you and I may at once begin rebuilding his church. In his name, amen. We will continue with our offerings, and of course the choir will sing, He is the Everlasting God.